Okay, friends, so I am trying to figure out whether or not I should keep doing these Advent devotionals. Um, My goal for my podcast is really to make sure that at least someone heard it and it touched them in some sort of way. Um, I know I've said that before and I might, you know, say it again. Um, so I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen, um, because I think a lot of people get wrapped up over how many people listen to their things or watch their YouTube videos or whatever, because that helps to promote their work. And I think if they don't see any fruit in it, sometimes they tend to give up. And I have been very close to giving up many times with this podcast because I have noticed that like less and less people are listening um sometimes it's just like that one dedicated person don't know who it is but whoever you are (laughs) thank you um and you know what I was kind of thinking about it and I was like should I just stop is it is it pointless is it is it too much to be doing these and you know I don't think so um because my goal is really to just touch at least one one listener every time I release some sort of episode and I was wondering if maybe releasing an episode if possible um like a short episode every day is really ideal if it's something that would do well if it's something that I should even bother doing throughout the rest of Advent. Um, I know that I didn't start on Sunday on the start of Advent, but you know, it's still something that I just was like, you know, better late than never, I guess. So I know it's kind of like a last minute idea, something I'm throwing out there. So like day one isn't really day one. Day one is technically day like five of um advent or something but you know what that's okay um you know this is just something that I want to share and I could kind of continue and I'm wondering if this is more effective than longer episodes where I talk about different things um maybe I could do like you know I could change it up a little bit and you know do some devotionals and reflections every so often and then do some you know meaty episodes some lighthearted episodes just kind of switch it up every now and then to make it more entertaining so it's not the same thing all the time of course you know when I talk and say do the devotionals and things I'm going to be trying to maybe either expand on one topic and go deeper or touch on different topics. So I will guarantee you that I'm not going to say the same thing. I'm going to try to avoid that. Um, just just throwing all of this information out there. So I always appreciate feedback and try to make sure that, you know, I am reaching my listeners or listener um, to my best abilities. So just throwing that out there before... I jump into today's reflection slash devotional. I've been trying to figure out what to call it because it's kind of like a devotional in a way because I, you know, I have some sort of like 
theme and some sort of point that I make and then I have some sort of like goal for you guys to do or a resource you guys could use and then a quote or two. So it's very similar to some of the devotionals that I have used in the past. Um, I've used some saint ones. I have this um, Saint Therese of Lisieux one that I use during Lent. I believe the same press that does that one also does Advent um, and a bunch of other different ones. So it's pretty cool. Thought it would be kind of interesting to throw that out there in case you want to like buy one during Lent because obviously Lent is just a few months away and you could even buy one now during Advent. So if you are looking for a more like, you know, deeper but still short devotional, just throwing that out there, you could probably find it. I could probably send you the link if you needed that. Um, Just throwing that out there. Okay, so for today's episode, I thought it would be interesting to not quite expand further on the topic that I was talking about, like surrender and hope and trust and, you know, smiling at the face of adversities. So instead of taking that route again, like I might I might use that a bit, but I'm going to talk about um, something else because normally when I enter into these podcast episodes, I have no plan whatsoever. So whatever I say, it's most of the time, like sometimes I'll pray about it beforehand, but most of the time I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. And sometimes I'm like, it has to be the Holy Spirit because I would not have said what I had said or felt like somebody needed to hear that, you know, because I don't come in with a script or a plan. At the beginning of my podcast series, I kind of did. I wrote down in a journal some ideas and things that I wanted to do, things that I was like, oh, this would be really great, um, you know, kind of having more of a plan. But I think I'm more of the more of the type of person that just kind of goes with the flow, so... Bear with me as I go with the flow. So today I thought it would be really interesting to kind of talk about C.S. Lewis um, because it's not like I haven't talked about him already, um, but it's been a hot minute, a hot second, um, whatever you want to, to say that it's been. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about Advent through the eyes of C.S. Lewis. So... This is just a very random kind of reflection for the day, but I was thinking about how The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is a very good fictional book about Advent, and um, I don't, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this book in my um, series before, but Further Up and Further In by Professor Joseph Pierce is actually a book about why Narnia is for adults too um and he does kind of talk about at the beginning um how the lion the witch and the wardrobe is a representation of the waiting of the coming of Christ um because we know that Mr. Tumnus says um you know it's it's always winter and never Christmas so that's a sign that they are waiting for Aslan's coming Aslan hasn't come yet they are waiting for his coming 
for, you know, the prophecy to be fulfilled. They say that. Mr. and Mrs. Beaver tell them the prophecy. You know, all all shall be well when, you know, when the four, for, you know, the two daughters of Eve and two sons of Adam sit on the thrones at Care Paravel. And so I just love the religious symbolism behind this book. And while it is intended for children, I find that it can be so deep and so just so healing and comforting in a very just unique way. So I've been reading The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe again. So I read it before Advent last year and I decided that I was going to like, you know, read Prince Caspian and like different books um, later on. Well, actually I read The Horse and His Boy because that's the correct order unless you just want to read like the trilogy back to back. Um, but the next one in the series is actually The Horse and His Boy. Such a good underrated book in this series. Um, and I'll have to talk about that in another episode. Like, this, not like for my Advent devotionals, because that doesn't really have to do with Advent. When I think of Narnia, it I think of, like, I, I often think of The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's the first book that comes to mind. Because that's the one that, like, everybody knows. And it really is kind of an Advent-ish book. So I think when C.S. Lewis was writing it, he must have been very aware of that. Aware that when he was writing the, the these prophecies and um, trying to figure out how he was going to fulfill them, in the second half of the book, it just it really reminded me about how the Old Testament fulfills the New and how he's kind of taking that and doing something different with it and using it in this fictional story for children. I feel like when I was younger and I tried reading the book, I didn't quite see all the, the symbolism and the beauty behind it. And as I got older, rereading it just felt like I don't, I don't even know, like, just tons of light bulbs were going off in my head for the first time in, like, forever, um, and it was just so beautiful to be able to see all that religious symbolism and how they were waiting, they were waiting for a savior, and they could not have done that unless, you know, a daughter of Eve and a son of Adam came and helped kind of bring that prophecy forth. So it kind of reminds me about how Mary is the new Eve. So when Mary said yes, she became the new Eve. Technically, she was the new Eve even like before she was born because you know that before we were even brought into this world, we were in God's mind. He already had planned this all out. So the Blessed Virgin Mary is the new Eve. And she will crush the head of the serpent. And what what were the what were these four children? They were the new Eve, right? Um, they were kind of that not the mediatric figure, but like in a way, they were the, a sign that 
he is coming. So I just think it's kind of interesting to throw that out there. And it's a fun little thing to reflect on because a lot of us have grown up with the line, the witch in the wardrobe, and we don't always think about how there's so much symbolism. Like, we know it's there. We know that whenever Aslan dies, you know, it's supposed to be Jesus dying on the cross for us. And we see that. But it's interesting to go further up and further in, as Professor Joseph Pierce said. And that's that's a Narnia reference as well. And his book is just a beautiful way of showing how C.S. Lewis was able to take these things like Advent and Lent and show that to children in a very unique and special way. And I think when I think about The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, it's one of those books where it reminds me about the beauty of Advent, the beauty of the season of waiting, because it might seem cold and dark. And think about how cold and dark it was for the Israelites for like centuries, guys, like for thousands of years. They had to wait for the coming of a savior and you know they they often fell you know I've been studying the old testament in my theology class and man did those Israelites they just they just kept falling into sin and bad habits and you know worshiping false idols and not listening to the prophets and doing their own things and you know then there was the Babylonian captivity and There was just a lot of periods of exile and waiting and, you know, turning away from God because they lost hope. They weren't trusting. This is kind of where the the theme of hope comes in. But those prophets were those beacons of light during those very dark and cold times. And I believe that, you know, the Pevensey siblings were that beacon of light that kind of brought more warmth into Narnia and as you can tell in the story Aslan they know that Aslan's on the way because winter starts turning into spring it starts melting away and it's like when we allow God to touch our hearts our cold hearts that are often just kind of bottled up with worries and fears and a lack of trust our hearts sometimes become cold because of that, it's not like, oh, you're cold-hearted, like, you're you're so heartless and rude. No, like, in a way, like, our hearts do become cold. We forget what's important, and we have to let God, especially during Advent or, like, Lent, those very big, like, pivotal points in, in the liturgical year, to let Him just warm our hearts up, melt them, show that spring is coming, um, because... We often just tend to go through the motions and our hearts tend to get frozen over time and we forget to pray, we forget to thank the Lord, we forget to do those things that will help us to grow spiritually and we often wonder why we feel distant from God and I know this happens to me a lot. I'm like, why do I feel like so far away from God? And I'm like, man, if I just prayed... If I just really prayed and surrendered to God and did these things every day, like, it's that simple. Um, Obviously, when I mean it's that simple, it's not that simple. Like, you're not going to, like, have all of your 
prayers answered overnight. You're not going to be this perfect saint overnight, but it is, it's very simple. Like just prayer. Prayer is just so simple and so beautiful and so powerful. And we often forget that. So I just kind of, my little encouragement would be to to just take some time to just pray just really sit with God in your thoughts and actually sit in silence so I actually encourage you to sit in silence today or at some point this week maybe set a timer for five minutes and just try to shut out everything go into your room shut your door be quiet put your phone away and just really try to listen to God and then pray pray everything just pour your heart out to God um talk to him like a friend that's how I like to talk to him sometimes we often get so caught up in what we should say and how we should say it and God really just wants to have a conversation with us he should be our bestest friend and talk to him like he's your best friend like he knows you better than you know yourself so you can trust him I, this quote for the day that I'm going to be reading, you guys, is actually, it's kind of, it sounds weird, but it's not like a saint quote or anything. It's some sort of post I found on Pinterest, but it's actually like a tweet. Um, And I was like, my mind was just blown when I read this, and it's pretty cool. So, it says, you relax in a plane even though you don't know the pilot. You relax on a ship, even though you don't know the captain. You relax on a bus, even though you don't know the driver. Why don't you relax in life, knowing that God is in control? Mic drop. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, literally, whoever wrote that, just mic drop. Because, wow. When I read that, my mind was just like... Because we just, we think that, like... We, we just have so many doubts that come and kind of harden our hearts. And we have to let God into the to our hearts. And we have to trust him because it's like, man, if we trust the pilot when we're on a plane, if we trust the driver when we're on a bus, if we, if we trust, you know, the captain when we're on a boat, you know, you might be on a cruise or whatever, you trust these people because they know what they're doing. They are trained. They know better than you, so you're like, man, like, I trust them. So why don't we let God be in control? Why don't we trust him? Because he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what he's doing better than anyone on this entire planet. So why don't we just let him take control? Why don't we just surrender to him? So that's kind of my interesting quotes and thoughts today about Advent and how, you know, you can find God in the littlest things. So, like, I have found God in the beauty of Advent in reading The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe last year when I was rereading it for the first time in many years and really trying to soak it in because it truly reminded me the importance of just allowing God to soften our hearts allowing God to melt away that snow, um, that, that cold, that idea that it's always winter and never Christmas until we reach this time of year where we start to really 
look outside of ourselves. It's that transcendence, that example of transcendence that where where we look outside of ourselves. And I talked about that in my abandonment of self episode that I made last week, I believe, on like Tuesday. And man, is it just is it so fulfilling to just look outside of ourselves and trust in the Lord and knowing that he's in control and he knows better than we will ever know about ourselves, about life, about everything. So that's kind of my little thought process. Again, I had no idea where this was going when I started and I don't know if the whole Narnia thing quite connected, but maybe I encourage you to embrace being childlike today or at some point this week. Um, I actually was trying to do this as like an exercise during like therapy last year and that's why I really started turning to Narnia because I had forgotten what it meant to be childlike and how that was so important and there's a big difference between being childlike and childish. We are actually in a world full of childish adults and we actually need to fill this world with childlike adults. Um, and further up and further in by Professor Joseph Pierce talks about that, talks about how we are called to be childlike. God said that those are the people that enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those are the people that make themselves small and they cling to him like a child clings to their father and mother. And that's what we're called to do. And Narnia really emphasizes that. And we know that because Lucy was childlike Edmund learned to be childlike. Peter learned to be childlike. Susan did temporarily. Um, Spoiler alert, she forgets what it means to be childlike and she becomes a childish so-called adult in the last book. And Susan is pretty much us. The world is just filled with a ton of Susans and I've talked about that before. Um, I have even been a Susan in, for many, many years, and God has really spoken to me through C.S. Lewis and his writings because he never stopped being childlike. He was ashamed of reading fairy tales when he was like seven years old, and I'm like, child, you should not have been ashamed of reading fairy tales at seven years old. But he was, you know, surrounded by people <clears throat> who who didn't do that who were like, oh, it's the cool thing to just not, to not read fairy tales to be grown up. And I believed that my entire childhood, pretty much. You know, sure, I read fairy tales and I liked princesses and all the things, but not as much as I should have let myself. Um, I hit an age, very young, where I was like, I can't do these things all the time. I need to be mature. Like, when I was like nine or ten, I didn't ask santa for like a toy i i asked santa for like bedding and room decorations like was i some 20 year old in college no but apparently i thought i was um so again just embrace being childlike and read all the c.s lewis quotes because he has a lot of quotes about being childlike and how he was ashamed for it for many years and even to you know his older like when he got older in that those periods of his life those later periods of of his life like he was still being childlike and embracing all the things and 
him writing Narnia was him discovering that and, and realizing how important that is. So I encourage you to maybe read some C.S. Lewis quotes. Um, be reminded of, of what it means to be childlike. Do little things. Maybe if you have younger siblings, this is what my therapist said last year. She was like, if you have little siblings, play with them. They know what it's like to be childlike. They know what it's like to let their minds wander and they just run with it. So I encourage you to do that. Or maybe just watch The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or start reading it again and kindle that like childlike spirit that's still inside you and let it kind of just set ablaze. Okay, this is a little bit longer than I had intended, but thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Let me know your thoughts. You, If you want any more resources or quotes or anything, just reach out to me. Um, I appreciate the feedback and whatever else. Um, it just means a lot to me to receive that. And um, I hope you guys have a wonderful day.